0: We are beginning a new series entitled Prayer in the Present Tense. Um, often we look at prayer as making requests to God that we hope God will fulfill. And again, that's an aspect of prayer that's important and matters. But what if prayer was so much more than that? What if prayer was a present tense personal encounter with the living God. What if prayer was a way to encounter God in this moment, in this day? Um, atheism is the belief that God doesn't exist. Agnosticism is the belief that we don't or can't know for certain whether or not there is a God. And then there is something called deism. Deism is the belief in God, but does not believe God interacts with the world anymore. God got the universe started but now is hands off and I think of those three um, deism poses the greatest challenge um, to us because you know just kinda think about it analyze your own life Okay, we all believe that God we all believe in God we believe God is with us but how often do we behave as if God is far far away practical deism is living as if God is absent we believe in God we believe God is near to us but do we behave and live in such a way that demonstrates that or do we believe or live in such a way as if God is absent and given who we are culturally again we have a strong emphasis culturally on science and the scientific method on a strong work ethic um, on independence and if you focus on those things it's very easy for us to live like practical deists. Um, the scientific method in science—that's good. Um, strong work ethic—that's good. Independence—that's good. But how those things, you know, those three things, in and of themselves, without any kind of emphasis on God's presence with us, can lead us to train ourselves to only focus on what we can see and do, and ignore that which we can't see or which is out of our control. It's easy for us to live like practical deists. Uh, Genesis 28, uh, in there, Jacob has a dream about a stairway with angels ascending and descending on it. And he awakes from his dream, and he says in Genesis 28, verse 16, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. How often do you think God is in our lives, and we are not aware of it? If you're like me, it happens all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens to us every day. Yesterday, God was active in our lives and we missed it. Today, God is active in our lives and we're missing it. Tomorrow, God will be active in our lives and we will miss it. God is active in our lives every day. When was the last time you had a real sense of God's presence? Prayer is a powerful way to encounter the God who is always with us. And the Bible says that we should never stop praying. Now, does that mean that we should always, 24-7, be asking God for things? Or is that part of an encouragement to always be aware of God's presence in our lives? When was the last time you were acutely aware of God's presence? Uh, If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to uh, John chapter 17. That's going to be our passage for the morning. And in that passage, John 17 is um, a place where one of Jesus' prayers actually gets um, recorded. We've asked Marianne Lincoln to be our scripture reader. So Marianne, if you make way on up as she does, please stand and face the center of the room. And we read from the center of the room as a reminder to us where scripture to, is to be in our lives, both as individuals and as a community of faith, it is to be central. And we stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so, Marianne, whenever you are ready, please read from John chapter 17.
1: John 17:20 17, 20 through 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, and that all of them... May we be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me and that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, through the world, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them.
0: Marianne, thank you very much. You may be seated. Jesus offers something unique. He offers us something that is Unique. If you look in verses 25, 26 in your Bibles of the passage we just read, where he says, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they, can, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I may myself may be in them. And in verse 25 he says, The world does not know you. Now, there's a lot of things the world knows and can teach us. The world can teach us a lot about how to have better marriages. The world can teach us how to be better parents. The world can teach us how to have successful careers. The world can teach us um, how to be financially responsible. The world can teach us how to be better friends. And the list goes on and on and on. Now, being a follower of Jesus can help us be better in all those things as well but we can learn how to improve our health and relationships and finances and careers we can learn a lot of that from the world there is something that the world does not know it does not know the father he is only someone according to Jesus that Jesus knows. and so if you want to encounter the father There is no other place in the world you can go to encounter him. Jesus offers us something unique, an encounter with the Father. Jesus says to the Father in that passage, I know you, I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known. We cannot go anywhere else to encounter God and TFRC as a community of faith we want this to be a community where we can encounter God if we never encounter God here what are we doing here why are we here if we never encounter God and if we do encounter God why would we ever stop coming there is something about connecting with our Creator that does something to us like nothing else can. A couple of weeks ago, I was um, at a mall in downtown Salt Lake, and on two different occasions, once when we were going into the food court, and then when we were leaving the food court, we uh, from two different families, we saw little kids running in front of their parents, kind of running away from their parents. They are like two, three, four years old kids. Um, and in both cases, the parents were trying to catch up to their kids, and before the parents could catch them, the kids just... Bailed. They hit the ground hard. They hurt themselves pretty good. Um, I shouldn't laugh when I say that. But they 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 fell hard. Okay, straight face, sad face. Okay, and they started to cry. Um, And when they started to cry, then they got up, and they went right back to their parents, the same ones they were running away from. They were having a great time running away until they got hurt. And when they got hurt, there no one had to teach them this. They just got up and went to their folks, went to their parents. Now. As a caring adult, if I were to try to console these kids who got hurt, even if the kids knew me, it wouldn't have had the same impact. You all know this. The presence of their parents did something to them. It brought them a comfort and a peace that no one else could. And the kids ran to them. Likewise, when we connect with our creator, it does something to us. It brings us a peace and a comfort like nothing else can. And when we come into the Creator's presence, it impacts us in ways that are kind of hard to describe. A story I told four years ago, uh, I'm going to share it again with you this morning because it's really applicable here. Um, So some of you may remember this from four years ago. But four years ago this summer, Eli Novinger, an eight-year-old, um, who, whose family attends here, he attends here. He's the son of Keith and Rochelle Novinger. Uh, his brother and sister are um, Austin and Annie. And he, four years ago um, this summer, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Just out of nowhere they found out uh, that he had a brain tumor. And the tumor needed surgery like right away. Um, at the time that they, they discovered this, I was in Chicago at a, um, a general synod, which is basically a national denominational meeting. And the family contacted me while I was there and they wanted me to come and pray with Eli before the surgery that he was gonna have in Boise. And so the surgery was Wednesday. I was flying back from Chicago on Tuesday. And the flight was from Chicago to Salt Lake, Salt Lake to Twin. And my flight left Chicago at 6.30 p.m. And uh, my flight to Twin, and then I think was like, whatever the late flight is, 10.30, 11 o'clock at night, and then I was gonna get in later at night. we, the, uh, after the denominational meeting ended, they got us to the airport in Chicago at like 1.30. So I had five hours uh, to kill before my 6.30 flight. Um, now at that point uh, in my parenting career, at that point I was trying to teach my kids how to be more assertive. And so here I am at the airport thinking about how I'm trying to teach my kids how to be more assertive. I got five hours to kill, I'm like, you know, You should practice what you preach. See if you can get on an earlier flight um, back to Salt Lake. So I was flying Delta. I look on the Delta board, and there was. There was a 4.30 flight. And so rather than just saying, I'll wait until 6.30, I went to the desk and talked to the lady that was behind the desk to see if I could get from the 6.30 flight onto the 4.30 flight. There were like 20 people already on the standby list um, wanting to get on that flight. And I also said to myself, I said, if they charge me anything, I'm not going to do it. If they charge me 50 bucks, 100 bucks to change my flights, I'm not going to do it. I'll wait the two hours. It's no big deal. And so um, the lady is typing on her computer or whatever, uh, trying to figure out if she can get me on this um, flight. And she looks and, and sees, okay, there's 20 people ahead of you but I can put you on a standby list. And I asked about is there gonna be a charge and she says well normally I would have to charge you but I'm not gonna charge you today. Okay, that's that's cool. And so Um, I get on the standby list, I'm number 20 whatever, and so then I call Shannon to see, hey, are there any early, there's a chat I'll get on an earlier flight, are there any earlier flights going from Salt Lake to Twin that I could get on and get home earlier? So she's checking on that for me, and so then I go and I look back at the standby list, and I'm looking in the 20's because that's where I was, and my name's not on there anymore. So I kind of wait for the screen to flip back to the beginning, and I find I'm number six on the standby list. Well, okay, whatever. Um, And so I get on the flight. Long story short, I get on the flight. There was no earlier flight from Salt Lake to Twin, so I still have to wait till 11 o'clock in Salt Lake anyway, but so be it. I got on the flight. I practiced assertiveness. I can tell my kids that I did that. And so... Um, I get to Salt Lake, I call the family, and they tell me, the Navinger family, they say the surgery is going to be at 8.30 in the morning. I said, I'll be there at 7.30 to pray with you. Um, and so then the next morning, I drive to Boise, get there by 7.30. Um, I visit, I pray with the family, and they tell me that the surgery is going to be six hours. Um, And so pray with them, and I tell them, hey, just keep me up to date how things are going as best you can. And so then I leave, and I'm going back to the parking structure. It's at St. Luke's in downtown Boise. Um, Many of you are familiar with that place. And um, I'm going back to the parking structure where I parked, and I look at my phone, and I had a missed call while I was visiting with the family. I don't recognize the number, but they left a voicemail. And so I listen to the voicemail, and the voicemail is from a lady named Missy from Travel Advantage. Now, Travel Advantage was the place um, arranging all the travel for the denominational meeting. And at General Synod, they told us, hey, look, if you have any problems traveling back home, here is the number for Travel Advantage. Call them, and they will take care of you. Okay, great. Um, So Missy calls me from Travel Advantage, and she says, hey, look, I see that your flight from Chicago to Salt Lake was canceled. Do you need any help getting home? My 6.30 flight that I normally would have just gone on, that flight was canceled. And if I wouldn't have gone on the 4.30 flight, there is no way I would have caught the family the next day to pray with them before their son's six-hour brain surgery. Now, nothing momentous happened on my visit with the family. God just wanted the family to have another person there to support them in that moment. I was driving back on Broadway back past like like where the Boise State Stadium is and this kind of began to sunk in what had happened and um, I was in the Chicago O'Hare airport and God was in that place and I was not aware of it and as I thought about it more and more and more I started to get emotional and I just started to weep in the car as I'm driving down Broadway because I was just overwhelmed with the fact that I had a God encounter. And so I pull into this Burger King parking lot and I called Rochelle, I tell her the story and I just tell her, I think God's looking out for you. Um, Some of you are gonna wanna know, how's Eli doing? Eli is now 12, he hasn't had any issues related to that tumor since, Um, so that's awesome. My takeaway was that I had a God encounter and the fact that I had an encounter with my creator has done something to me that stays with me to this day. Jesus offers us something unique that we can't get anywhere else. Jesus ushers us into God's presence. He ushers us into the presence of God. If you look in your Bibles at verse 20 of the passage from this morning, where he says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. This part of Jesus' prayer is directly for us, those who will believe in Jesus because of his disciples' message. And we believe in Jesus because of their message. So this prayer is for us. And so if you look in verses 22 to 24 of that passage, and Jesus is praying for us, I have given them the glory that you gave me and you in me Jesus is connected to us Jesus is connected to the father and he says I want those to be with me where I am to see the glory you have given me the father has given Jesus glory and we can see that glory in Jesus Jesus ushers us into the presence of God now we often use an image like this one to describe what Jesus does we are on one side of the canyon And then on the other side of the canyon is God, and there's this big gap, and Jesus um, fills the gap so that we can have access to the Father. And often, whenever we use images like this one to describe the gospel, we talk about how how we will bridge this gap through Jesus when we die. We get to be in heaven with God forever, which is true. But Jesus also said things like the kingdom of God is at hand or ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Jesus ushering us into God's presence is not just something for us when we die. It is something for us in the here and now. We need to encounter God's presence in the here and now, His presence is what gives us the power to keep moving forward in this world. And prayer is a way of uncovering God's presence. It's a way of uncovering His presence. Now, while prayer is more than making requests to God, in this passage, Jesus is making requests. But it's interesting what he doesn't ask for. He doesn't ask that our message will be persuasive. He doesn't ask that we will change the world. He simply asks that we will be in him, that we will see his glory, that he will make the Father known to us. God is present in our lives What do we need to do to encounter that reality? And there's a number of things that we can do that really aren't rocket science. The first is simply become more familiar with the Bible, read the Bible a little more. Scripture has this connection to Jesus. You see, Scripture, the Bible, is God's Word. And Jesus is the Word made flesh. And so since Jesus is the word made flesh, one way to connect to Jesus is the Bible. John chapter one, where it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. This doesn't mean you have to become a Bible scholar, or some kind of expert on scripture, simply pick a passage and become familiar with it. And if you don't know where to begin, just start with any gospel. You can't go wrong with any of the four gospels. Start with something in the gospel that Jesus says and just pick one of those passages. And whether you pick a passage to focus on each day or you pick a passage that you're gonna focus on for a week, just keep that passage in your mind. By either reading it each day or going the extra mile and memorizing it. Because the word of God connects us to Jesus. And the second thing is simply solitude. Many times in scripture when someone encounters God they are doing so when they have gotten away from noise and distractions. There's even a simple statement made about Jesus in Luke chapter 5. That says Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, and prayed. Did that often. Maybe it's a quiet place in your home. Maybe it's a walk on the canyon trail or some other place where you can get away. To be in silence and simply focus on a passage of scripture. And like Elijah on the mountain, you will put yourself in a position where you can begin to hear the whisper of God not necessarily literally hear God's whisper, but to begin to encounter how God is present in your life. When you focus on scripture, spend some time in solitude, you put yourself in a position to begin to see that more. But obviously, the more often you can find solitude, the better. But even if it's only for an hour a week or a half hour a week, for you to get away, focus on a passage of scripture, you will be amazed at how that changes, how often you will begin to encounter God's presence and realize his presence in your everyday life. In Jesus' prayer, he simply asks that we will be in him, that we will see his glory, and that he will make the Father known to us. And in all of that, he says, we will be one just like the Father and Son are one. I want, us, I want to give us a little space to do just a little bit of that, even right now. When you came in this morning, uh, you should have noticed a card and a pencil on your chairs or on your tables, and I'm just going to ask you to grab that card out and look at the top of the card. That's like a business card size here. Um, and it simply says at the top, Lord, make me aware of your presence. And then there's a blank. In the blank, what I would like you to do in a little bit is right where in your life do you need to encounter God's presence. Maybe you're dealing with some health issues right now, and so you need to see God in that part of your life. Or maybe you've got some relational issues. And so you need to see God in that part of your life. Or maybe you have some financial issues. And so you need to see God in that part of life. Where do you need to see God in your life? God is already present with you. You just need to ask him to reveal himself to you and then put yourself in a little bit better position to see that. So what we're going to do is I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And during that time of prayer, we're going to have a time of silence. And then we're going to listen to a song. And during that time, just focus on the reality that God is with us in this place. Close your eyes if that will help you. Do whatever you need to do. But before you leave, sometime during that time, either during the prayer or during the silence or during the song, write down where you need to encounter God. And then take the card with you. And when you read the Bible and find a place to be alone, let this card remind you of where through prayer you can begin to uncover God's presence in your life. Please pray with me. Lord, make us aware of your presence in our lives. In our fast-paced lives, it's so easy to miss how you are with us. And the power of encountering you can have on us. So, Lord, as we sit In silence, help us see the ways your grace is alive in us. Help us experience the fullness and joy that only your presence can give us. Thank you that Jesus has made you known to us, in whose name we pray. Amen.